जय राधा माधवा जय कुंज विहारी जय Jaya Kunja Vihari Gopi Janabalava Jaya Girivara Dhari Jaya Girivara Dhari Gopi Janabalava Jaya Girivara Jaya Gopi Janabalaba Jaya Girivaradhari Jaya Girivaradhari Jaya Giri Jaya Yashodanandana Jaya Braja Janaranjana Jaya Yashodanandana Janaranjana Jaya Yamunadiravanachare Jaya Kunjavihare Jaya Kunjavihare Yamunadiravanachare Jaya Kunja Vihari Jaya Radha Madhava 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 
ಕುಂಜವಿಹಾರಿ ಹರೆ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೆ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೆ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೆ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೆ 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 ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೆ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೆ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೆ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೆ 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 ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೆ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೆ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೆ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೆ 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 ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೆ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೆ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೆ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೆ 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 ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೆ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೆ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೆ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೆ 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 ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೆ ಹರೆ ರಾಮ ಹರೆ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೆ 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 ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೆ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೆ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೆ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೆ 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 ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೆ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೆ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೆ ರಾಮ ಹರೆ 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 ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೆ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೆ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೆ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೆ ಹರೆ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೆ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಸೆಕೆಂಡ್ ಸೆಕೆಂಡ್ ಬೀಟ್ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೆ 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 ರಾಮ 
Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna. Hare Rama, Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna Krishna Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Jaya Prabhu Pada Jaya Prabhu Pada Jaya Prabhu Pada Jila Prabhu Pada Jaya Prabhu Pada Jaya Prabhu Pada Jaya Prabhu Pada Jaya Prabhu Pada Prabhu Pada Prabhu Pada Jaya Jaya Prabhu Pada Jaya Jaya Prabhu Pada Prabhu Pada Prabhu pa jaya jaya Prabhu pa. Shri Prabhupada ki Thai Gaur Premanande.
Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So today we are reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 7, Chapter Number 2, Hiranyakashipu, the King of Demons, Text Number 37. Sri Yama Uvacha, Aho, sorry, Aho Amisham Vayasadikanam, Vipashyatam loka vidhim vimoha Yatragatas tatragatam manushyam Svayam sadharma api sochanti apartham Shriyama uvacha Aho Aho Amisham Vayasadikanam Vipashyatam Loka Vidhim Vimoha Yatragatas Tatragatam Manushyam Svayam Sadharma Api Sochanti Apartham Shriyama Uvacha Aho Amisham Vayasadikanam Vipashyatam Loka Vidhim Vimoha Yatragatras Tatragatam Manushyam Svayam Sadharma Api Sochanti Apartham
Vaishnavis. Word for word, please repeat. Repeat. Shri Yama Uvacha. Shri Yamraj said. Aho. Alas. Amisham. Of these. Vayasa. By age. Adikanam. Of those advanced, vipashyatam, seeing every day, loka vidim, the law of nature, that everyone dies, vimoha, the bewilderment, yatra, from where, agata, came, tatra, there, gatam, Returned. Manushyam. The man. Swayam. Themselves. Sadharma. Similar in nature. Prone to die. Api. Although. Sochanti. They lament. Apartham. Uselessly. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace. Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Translation, Sri Yamraj said, Alas, how amazing it is. These persons who are older than me have full experience that hundreds and thousands of living entities have taken birth and died. Thus, they should understand that they are also apt to die. Yet, they are, yet still they are bewildered. The conditioned soul comes from an unknown place and returns after death to that same unknown place. There is no exception to this rule, which is conducted by material nature. Knowing this, why do they uselessly lament? Purport. The Lord says in Bhagavad Gita 228, Adini Bhutani Vyakta Madhyani Bharata Avyakta Nidan Avyakta Nidanani Eva Tatraka Paridevana All created beings are unmanifest in the beginning, manifest in their interim state, and unmanifest again when they are annihilated. 
So what need is there for lamentation? Accepting that there are two classes of philosophers, one believing in the existence of the soul and the other not believing in its existence, there is no cause for lamentation in either case. Non-believers in the existence of the soul are called atheists by followers of Vedic wisdom. Yet, even for argument's sake, we accept the atheistic theory, there is still no cause for lamentation. Apart from the separate existence of the soul, the material elements remain unmanifested before creation. From this subtle state of unmanifestation comes manifestation. Just as from ether, air is generated, from air, fire is generated, from fire, water is generated, and from water, earth becomes manifested. From the earth, many varieties of manifestations take place. For example, a big skyscraper is manifested from the earth. When it is dismantled, the manifestation becomes again unmanifested and remains as atoms in the ultimate stage. The law of conservation of energy remains. But in the course of time, things are manifested and unmanifested. That is the difference. Then what cause is there for lamentation in either manifestation or unmanifestation? Somehow or other, even in the unmanifested stage, things are not lost. Both at the beginning and at the end, all elements remain unmanifested. And this does not make any real material difference. If we accept the Vedic conclusion as stated in the Bhagavad Gita, Antavanta ime deha, that these material bodies are perishable in due course of time, nitya shokta sharirina, but that the soul is eternal, then we must remember always that the body is like a dress. Therefore, why lament the changing of a dress? The material body has no factual existence in relation to the eternal soul. It is something like a dream. In a dream, we may think of flying in the sky or sitting on a chariot, like as a king. But when we wake up, we can see that we are neither in the sky nor seated on the chariot. The Vedic wisdom encourages self-realization on the basis of the non-existence of the material body. Therefore, in either case, whether one believes in the existence of the soul or one does not believe in the existence of the soul, there is no cause for lamentation for loss of the body. In the Mahabharata it is said, Adarshanad ihayata punas chadarshanam gataha. This statement could support the theory of the atheistic scientist that the child in the womb of the mother has no life, but is simply a lump of matter. To follow this theory, if the lump of matter is aborted by a surgical operation, no life is killed. The body of a child is like a tumor. And if a tumor is operated upon and thrown away, no sin is involved. The same argument could be put forward in regard to the king and and his queens. The body of the king was manifested from an unmanifested source, and again, it becomes unmanifested from manifestation. Since the manifestation exists only in the middle, between the two points of manifestation, why should one cry for the body manifested in the interim? Om Gyanati Merandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya 
Sri Yamraj said, Alas, how amazing it is. These persons who are older than me have full experience that hundreds and thousands of living entities have taken birth and died. Thus they should understand that they are also apt to die. Yet still they are bewildered. The conditioned soul comes from an unknown place and returns after death to that same unknown place. There is no exception to this rule which is conducted by material nature. Knowing this, why do they uselessly lament? So who is speaking here? Yes. But who is relaying the story? Who is actually speaking? Yes, Hiranyakashipu is speaking. So Hiranyakashipu is, um, is relaying the story between Yamraj and the queens of a king named Suyagya, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, so here the top dog is speaking. The top materialist in the entire universe is speaking. So better pay attention. Because everyone in the material world wants to be successful. And when their acharya speaks, they pay great attention. So it's like if Warren Buffett comes and speaks, everyone will pay attention. So here the, uh, the leader of the materialist or the demons, Hiranyakashipu, Sri Hiranyakashipu is speaking. And, and Karmi said that devotees are unrealistic. Right? Devotees are lost in their own cloud. Uh, they're not grounded in this world. We can't take instruction from them. But then pay attention to what the materialist is saying. Um, and of course, he's quoting this pastime, uh, this story, to pacify his, his relatives. So his nephews, sister-in-law, and mother are under great distress and lamentation. They're very aggrieved because Hiranyaksha, Hiranyakashipu's younger brother, has, has been killed by Varahadev, the boar incarnation. So Hiranyakashipu is very, very um, upset. He's very angry. And he's, at the same time, he's lamenting as well. But being a great politician and a great demon, uh, and knowing Shastra very well, he's speaking Shastra to pacify his nephews, his many nephews who were, whose names were listed earlier his mother and sister-in-law. So he's narrating this story, um, this ancient story. And this pastime is very ancient. So he was even relating a story which was even more ancient um, between Yamraj and, and the queens of a king. And he's, he's telling a story because most people are captivated by stories. Right? So if you speak a story, um, it captures people's attention. Especially if that story is, is your personal experience, then people pay even more attention. 
So here he's relaying this, this story of Yamraj, um, who assumed the form of a boy. So there was this king by the name Suyagya. And this king, um, as kings, they, kings do, they fight. They fight in battles. They wage war. So, I don't know the exact circumstances, but apparently this king died. He was king, killed by his enemies in, in battle. And, and when he was slain dead on the battlefield, his many wives came to, um, to see him. And they saw him in that state, and they were crying. Um, and when they were crying, the kunkum uh, became red in color from the tears, and it, it fell on their, it fell on on the feet of their of their husband, of their dead husband. So in this way, they were crying and they were lamenting, um, very severely. That's normal, but they kept lamenting, lamenting, and as you know. In, in Vedic tradition, the body has to be burned immediately after death, soon. So as was mentioned before, generally in, in Hindu custom, within 24 to 48 hours, right, the, the body is burned. But according to Vedic tradition, um, if you die in the morning, when the sun's out, then the body has to be cremated um, before sunset. And if someone dies at night, then their body has to be um, cremated before sunrise. That is the system. Because so that the soul doesn't hang around the body. We are very attached to our bodies, if we haven't noticed. Uh, We all are very attached. And when we die, we are generally hovering over the soul still hanging on to that body. And to cut that attachment, the body is is burned. That's the best system. The body is burned and it is turned into ashes. To, To cut the attachment of the soul and also those who are lamenting. So the queens were uh, were lamenting so much that they were not releasing the body of the husband, of the king. So the time was coming to cremate the body and out of attachment, um, of severe attachment, they were not letting go. And uh, so that cremation was not, the, the time had passed. So Yamraj, he took the form of a boy. So Yamraj, you know, is a Mahajan and he's also the administer of of justice, right? He decides the jiva, which body they take in their next life according to the actions they performed in this life, right? So he takes stock of that and avoids another body. The pastime of Ajamil as well. So Yamraj, he assumed the, the form of a young boy and he came there. So why did he assume the form of a young child? Because number one, they can go anywhere. It's like children go somewhere. Generally, they're not stopped. Generally, as a general rule. Um, unless certain circumstance, situations, they're not meant to be there. But generally, they're not stopped from coming somewhere. 
And number two, if a kid speaks high philosophy, everyone listens. What's your name? Prahlad. So if you come and sit, if you sit here and you give the class, then everyone will pay more attention than they pay to me. <laughs> and even after the class, they'll be talking about it, right? Because you're a young boy. How old are you? Seven. Seven, okay. Prahlad Maharaj was, how old was he? Five, right? Yeah. So you're seven years old. So if you, if you sit here, everyone will pay a lot of attention. As long as you're talking Shastra. So, uh, so in that we can see Yamraj, he assumed the, the form of a young boy. So people can, so the queens pay attention to his message. Uh, that's why he came there as, as a young boy. And then he spoke, um, he spoke this, he spoke, now Yamraj is speaking. So this is what Yam, Yamraj is saying. And so Yamraj is saying, um, how amazing it is that, you know, people have full experience. You are older than me. You have so much experience that people are, you know, taking birth and dying. And yet still you're lamenting. That's what Yamraj is saying. He's saying how amazing that is. So, you know, it's very common that people die. In, in Melbourne also people die. What's the death rate? Does anyone know? 100%. <laughs> So the death rate is 100%. So without exception, everyone has to die. There is no exception to this rule. Here the word is used, loka um, vidim, the law of nature, loka vidim. Just like there's the law of the land. We're living in Australia. There's the law of the land. This is the constitution you have to follow. Right. At least you are, you are expected to follow, whether you follow or not. Um, and there, are, there is the executive powers to ensure that you do follow. But there is the law of the land also. There is the law of the land of the material world, loka, loka vidim. So what is that law of land? There is birth, there is old age, there is disease, and there is death. So this is the law of the land where we live. And this applies to everyone without exception. You cannot, um, you cannot overcome this law of the land. And there's no, you're, not, you're not exempt from this just because you're a devotee. So just because you're a devotee and you die doesn't mean um, you know, it's why it happened to such and such, why it happened to me. No, it's meant to happen because you're living in the world of birth and death. This world is called Martya Loka, right, in the Shastra. So this is the, the land of death. Sorry for so much um, negativity early in the morning. <laughs> but we have to speak the facts. This is also Kirtan, right? Prabhupada said, Kirtan means not only singing Hare Krishna, but also discussing the negative 
discussing the reality of this material world and also discussing uh, the positive aspects. Just talking about Krishna, his pastimes, our relationship with him, loving pastimes, but also talking about the nature of this world, where you're living, talking about reality. So this world is Martya Loka. It's a, it's a place of birth and death. So the, the queens were um, in excessive lamentation. So why, why lament so much when we are meant to die? Some lamentation is natural. When, when uh, a loved one dies, um, when somewhere, someone near and dear to you dies, then lamentation is very natural. There's nothing wrong in that, and it is quite healthy. Uh, but if it is excessive, if it just carries on and on for weeks and months and years, then that is excessive. One, one has to move on from crisis or tragedy in life. Tragedies happen with everyone. But one has to eventually move on. And that's what Yamaraj is saying here. If you, the whole point of this pastime, of the story, is Yamaraj is, is telling the queens, you fools, um, in the later verses, he's going to use the word, oh, you know, you, you foolish women, you're, you're lamenting so much for, um, for the king, but what you're not lamenting for is your existential situation in this material world. That you're lamenting so much that you're oblivious to the reality that you are also going to die in due course. And, and what are you doing about it? It's like when people go to the Shamshan Ghat or to the crematorium. that point, everyone is very philosophical, right? Shamshan Vairagya. People are renounced and uh, they might quote some philosophy and scripture and they're a little bit contemplative. Um, but when they come out, they forget everything after some time. But then, whether, whether in lamentation or in, um, in joyousness, in both states, we are, um, in both conditions, we are in a state of forgetfulness. Right? So a devotee, a devotee, whether it's lamentation or it's happiness, uh, a devotee in both states tries to remember Krishna and tries to remember the reality of this world and, and render devotional service to Krishna in both states. Right? So whether it's lamentation, a devotee sees this, lament, this um, situation I am in is because of my own doing, is because of my own karma, and this is a token reaction from Krishna for my purification. And if we are awarded some good circumstances, happiness, then that is also a gift from Krishna to, so that we can um, engage in Krishna consciousness. We can engage in more service. A, a favorable circumstance has been given, situation has been given. So if, if we have good health, uh, good intelligence, some resources, so a, circ a favorable circumstance has been given to engage that in Krishna's service. Because Krishna is the proprietor of everything. So Yamraj was saying this um, to bring them to the reality that they need to let go and move on with their lives and, and, and actually focus on, on the, their purpose in life, which is 
devotional service. So here, all this, all this philosophy is being spoken, even, um, you know, ultimately by Hiranyakashipu to to uh, pacify his his um, mother, nephews, and sister-in-law. So we can see a demon is quoting high philosophy and high, you know, just to justify um, for for a material means. So back in the day, uh, demons knew scripture in and out. Scripture was not just limited to devotees. That was the, those were the times. People were Krishna conscious. So the demons also knew philosophy. They knew Shastra. And, but the problem is, they would use the Shastra for ulterior motives. So the demons would use Scripture to justify their sinful activities. Um, it is said that you know knowledge is dangerous. Knowledge can be dangerous. There's there's this quote by Samuel Johnson: "Integrity without knowledge is weak and useless, and knowledge without integrity is dangerous and dreadful." So, and there's another saying: "A little knowledge can be dangerous." And Ishapanisha takes that further. In Mantra 9, um, it is said, Andam tama pravishanti te avidyam upasate tato bhuya ivate tamo ya u vidyayam rataha. Those who engage in the culture of nascent activities shall enter into the darkest region of ignorance. Worse still are those engaged in the culture of knowledge. Ishapanishad Mantra 9. Right? So, yeah, those who are ignorant, you know, muras, avidya, those who lack knowledge, um, yeah, that is dangerous. That is that is bad. Those who those who lack knowledge, then they act in sinful ways because they don't have any knowledge. Uh, they they engage in all sorts of activities, Ign- totally ignorant of what the consequences of that will be. They don't take any responsibility. But worse are those, um, it is said here, yatu vidyayam rataha, right? Worse, those, worse still are those engaged in the culture of knowledge. So wh- why is that so? Because if the intentions are not right, if they don't take Shastra in its entirety, and they don't understand the purpose of the Shastra, then they are then that is very dangerous then a little knowledge is dangerous right so it is said um vedaischa sarvair aham eva vedya vedanta krit veda ved eva chaham vedaischa sarvair aham eva vedya so that by all the vedas i am to be known Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, 15.15, right? By all the Vedas, I am to be known. That's the purpose of the Vedas. That's the purpose of the entire Vedas. If you are reading Shastra, if you haven't come to the conclusion that Krishna is the Samayam Bhagavan, Krishna is the Supreme Lord, He is the Supreme Proprietor, Controller, Master, and that I am His servant, 
and I'm meant to render bhakt, I'm, rend, I'm meant to render seva without any motivation and without any cessation, then all your knowledge is useless. It's a total waste of time. It's if, if one hasn't come to this conclusion after studying, then they have made no practically speaking, they they haven't gained anything. And then if you know some Shastra, that can be dangerous. If your intentions are not right. Then it can be misused very easily. Um you know, in the Second World War, so in Hitler's army, the Hitler's army was called, and Nirkeshri, tell me if I'm pronouncing this correctly, the Bundeswehr? Huh? His army, yeah. Is that, am I pronouncing that word correctly? B-U-N-D-E-S-W-E, Bundeswehr. Bundeswehr. He's from Germany, so... <laughs> Bundeswehr, right? So this was Hitler's army, and in that he had a division called the SS. This was the elite division, which was headed by Heinrich Himmler. So Heinrich Himmler used to carry a copy of the Bhagavad Gita in his pocket, everywhere. And this division, the SS, the elite division, they were responsible for many things, but one of the things they were responsible was for the um, for the concentration camps. So as you know very well, there was the Holocaust. And um, they killed millions and millions of Jews and so many other people. So to justify uh, all these killings and not to have any moral remorse, he would carry this copy of Bhagavad Gita and he would preach it. So he would preach the Bhagavad Gita and if Basically, what he would say was um, that you know Krishna, Arjun, he would compare Krishna to Hitler and Arjun to himself, and then he would say, uh, you know, this is a war. That was a war. Krishna told Arjun to kill, and the soul, the soul does not die. Right? For the soul, there is no birth or death. The soul is not born, does not burn. So he would preach, and the body is perishable. And I'm sure, and you know, he would quote so many verses, Sarva Dharman Paritajya, who knows what he quoted. Um, but he, he would quote all the Shastra to make the point that you can kill these bodies. The body is perishable. And it's okay to kill these people. Kartaham iti manyate, right? For this, and I'm not the doer. The three modes of nature are carrying out everything, so you can kill them. You know, you won't get any karma. So one can quote Shastra to justify anything. It is, it is very easy to quote Shastra to justify anything. Uh, so this is an example of the um, Hitler using Bhagavad Gita, our, our own Shastra, to justify the, so, so much killings without any moral remorse. And he had to motivate the soldiers, right, to do these heinous activities and, um, and, and to ensure they don't turn into beasts. So he, to motivate them, he would say all these things. We also see um, in the time of Lord Buddha, right, in the first canto, the people, the meat-eating was getting very rampant. 
So meat eating was very, very rampant. And people wanted to eat meat. So they, what, what were they saying? They were quoting scripture. They were quoting the Vedas. They were saying in the Vedas it is said that you can eat animals if they are slaughtered in yagya. So they were quoting animal sacrifices without understanding the purpose of animal sacrifices. So they were taking statements of Shastra in isolation. So when statements are taken out of context, out of in isolation, then that is very dangerous. And that's how generally people justify something. So they were justifying uh, their sinful eating of meat in the name of yagya. And practically they had turned the yagya shala, the yagya kund, into an abattoir for all practical purposes. It had turned into an abattoir. But that's a better abattoir than what we have today. That's much worse. <laughs> that's by the millions. So, but Lord Buddha had to descend to correct their madness and their ignorance. And so he said, okay, you're quoting, you're quoting the Vedas, I reject them. You follow me. He tricked them. So he tricked them in following him. And because he's an incarnation of, of Vishnu, Krishna, so they, they, they actually did bhakti by following him. So he, he tricked them in this way. So we can also quote Shastra. Sometimes you heard Prabhupada said, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Prabhupada said, dot, dot, dot. So, so this is, a, I'm saying, I'm doing this because Prabhupada said, dot, dot, dot. But Prabhupada said, in what context? Tell the context as well. And quote what Prabhupada said. When he said it, why he said it, in what context he said it. Then, then we can maybe understand what you're saying. So if one, if one is speaking Shastra, one has to um, speak by quoting Shastra and also not in isolation. Um, we see the example of Kamsa. Kamsa also quoted scripture. In what circumstances? So Kamsa, you know, there was the prophecy that the eighth child of Devaki, there was Akashmani, he was taking his sister to a new home, Vasudev's home, and then there was, suddenly there was Akashmani, the eighth, the eighth child of Devaki will kill you. And then the next minute he's holding a hair and removes the sword and is just about to um, decapitate her. Amazing. <laughs> so, um, so the circumstances were Devaki and Vasudev were imprisoned by Kamsa and the eighth child of Devaki had taken birth. So Kamsa, and you know the eighth child of Devaki was swapped with Mother Yashoda. So Krishna was swapped and then the the female baby was brought there. There was a swap. And then Kamsa thought, okay, now Krishna has taken birth. And Kamsa was in this meditation for a long time. He could not sleep also. And when, when the gods gave him the news, Krishna has, the eight, Krishna has appeared, eight, eight son of, eight child of Devaki, he rushed to the prison house 
Um, and Devaki was pleading, this is a female child. The prophecy was, uh, you know, the male child would kill you. Please don't kill him. You have already killed six of my other children. Don't kill him. Don't kill her, sorry. And then, but Kamsa didn't listen. And he just um, snatched the baby and he tried to dash her through the, through the stone. And at that point, the, the baby <laughs> slipped out of his hands and flew in the sky on the ceiling. And then there, Durga Devi, she manifested herself. And he saw that the demigods were offering prayers. <laughs> so there was this situation of awe and reverence. He was like shocked. What is this, you know? No, this is, this is, um, there's many names of Durga Devi. With her eight, with her many hands, she manifested. And then the demigods offering great player prayers and offering articles of worship. He saw that and then he was in great awe and reverence. Um, and then she said, you rascal, how can you kill me? The child who will kill you is already born before me somewhere within this world. Don't be so cruel to your poor sister. So this is what he, she told Kamsa. And then Kamsa suddenly became very fearful. So, but now he had already killed six of her children and he got chastised by Kali Devi. He had to justify his killings, right? <laughs> so he had to make up with his sister. He had to make up with his sister and Vasudev who were... who. Not only he had killed their children, but he had also put them in jail, in a dungeon, in a dark dungeon. So to justify all that, he spoke, he spoke Shastra. See, a, a, a demon using Shastra. And um, he basically said, I've acted in sinful ways. He said, I'm, first he said, I'm very sorry I did this, please forgive me. And I acted in, I agree I acted in sinful ways, but I acted in sinful ways due to the false propaganda of the demigods. <laughs> because there was that Akashmani that said that the eighth son you know, of Devaki would kill, kill you. But that was false. That was, a <laughs> that was a propaganda by demigods. That didn't happen. So I believed it. The demigods tricked me, so I killed him. So, you know, what can I do? Please forgive me. And then further on he said... Um, that actually its superior power doesn't allow us to stay together. So, you know, superior power brings us together and then it pulls us apart. So it's superior power, you know, I'm just an instrument. Nimitta matram, So I'm just an instrument. Superior power brought us together and it pulled us apart. Um, and then he said, there's the time factor. So a time factor finishes everything. So then there's that. Um, and then he says, and then he goes on to explain that how we are not the body, we are spirit soul, and those who are not self-realized, they, they lament for the passing of the body. <laughs> <laughs> now he's talking about Bhagavad Gita chapter 2. So, and, and the soul has to go through the process of transmigration from one body to another. That's just the law of nature. I just happen to facilitate that. <laughs> and then he says, I'm not the cause, it is destiny. And then he quotes, then he talks about destiny. How, you know, there's predestined activities, 
he's saying to his sister, please excuse me, don't be aggrieved by the death of your children, which I have caused. Actually, this was not done by me, because all these are predestined activities. One has to act according to the predestined plan, even unwillingly. <laughs> and people misunderstand that with the end of the body, the self dies, or the thing that one can kill another living entity. So he's saying, please excuse all these atrocities I've committed against you. I'm very poor-hearted. Please take compassion upon me and excuse me. So in this way, you know, he, he said, sorry, but, sorry, but, you know, it's all these reasons. I'm not responsible. Basically, that's what he said. So this is how demons act, right? So people will justify something. If they know Shastra, it's more dangerous because now they will... Now they'll justify their sinful activities using Shastra. But they haven't understood Shastra. They've only taken statements in isolation without looking at the entirety. And that's why we have um, Guru, Sadhu, and Shastra. Right? These three things are there. Guru, Sadhu, Shastra. So if you take Shastra in itself, if you just read Shastra, you can misinterpret it. Shastra can be misinterpreted if you read by itself. And that's why we have the Bhaktivedanta purports. So the Bhaktivedanta purport is Guru and Sadhu right there. Prabhupada as a Sadhu and Guru as the, as the founder Acharya, he is giving, um, he's explaining to you the Shastra. First of all, you have to read the right Shastras. There's so many Shastras out there. And people who are from India and who know a little bit about Shastra, they suddenly go to the Karmakanda section. Veda, Vada, Rata, Partha. What's that verse? It's 242. Um, Yam imam pushpitam vacham pravadanti avipaschitaha Veda, Vada, Rata, Partha nanyad astiti vadina that men of small knowledge, they're just attracted to the flowery words of the Vedas. It's like, if you do outreach, sometimes people will come to you and say, hey, can you tell me, this is a common one. I've heard about this Pushpa Viman. Can you tell me more about it? Or can you tell me, um, I've heard this one, Pushpa Viman, many times. Or can you tell me about uh, Jyotish Shastra, astrology? They're stuck on this one. Or can you tell me about Kama Sutra? Or Ayurveda? So people just get hung up on these things um, without understanding the purpose of the Shastra, as I was saying before. Vedaischa Sarvaya. Um, Vedaischa Sarvaya. Ahameva Vedyam. By all the Vedas, I am to be known. That's the purpose of the Vedas. Yeah, you can read these things. But don't forget their purpose. It's okay. <laughs> um, so, in this way, what was the point I was making? Um, I forgot. Remember the point I was making? Yes, yeah, so people... Um, yeah, people look at, yeah, so one has to read Shastra from, not independently, right? One has to go, because uh, if one reads Shastra independently, one will misinterpret it. So one first has to read the right Shastra. 
generally people are attracted to these types of scriptures. But the essence of this Shastra is Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. Amalam, Amala Purana. Srimad Bhagavatam is the Amala Purana. This is the essence, this is the cream of all the Vedic literature. So the milk is Vedanta Sutra. This is the cream. Cream is the essence of milk. That's why we read, and this is spoken by the same author. And glorified by Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So we have to read Shastra. But even Shastra, we have to read under the instruction of Guru. So that's why there is Bhaktivedanta purports. To the, that's why Prabhupada wrote these purports. So if, if you just read the translation, there's a very high chance, it's pretty certain, you will misunderstand it. You will misinterpret it. Sometimes even reading purports, we misinterpret them. Um, and that's why there is the guru. We take initiation from a guru. And we have um, so many shiksha gurus. So we can um, understand Shastra in its proper context. You have to understand Shastra in its proper context. But we just, we just don't hear, we just don't take guru in isolation also. Because if you just take guru in isolation, you don't understand Shastra, you can, a guru can also mislead you if they, are, if they have become deviant. Right? So uh, that's why there is... Um, some people just follow gurus blindly, right? In, 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 in India, there's so many gurus. They follow gurus. But, but then those gurus don't follow Shastra, or they're not following Shastra, even if they know, um, then that is also not correct. So one needs to know Shastra, understand it from Guru, and then there is Sadhu. So these three things need to go um, together. So we need Sadhu for a clear line of direction. Um, and that's why there is, it's nice, there's so many courses going on. Bhakti Shastri, Bhakti Vedanta, Bhakti Sarvabhama. So in this way, you're doing Guru, Sadhu, and Shastra together. And then there is very little chance of being misled and um, misinterpreting the scripture. So if we do it in this way, then we can uh, read Shastra in the correct way. Otherwise, it is very easy to use Shastra to justify your own actions. And we all have that tendency um, to justify our activities. We will quote, quote Shastra, as Hiranyakashipu is quoting here. And Kamsa, I gave the example of Kamsa. And even the people during the time of Lord Buddha. And the other example I gave was in Hitler's time. They, he effectively, you know, his general used Bhagavad Gita to justify the mass killings of people in the Holocaust. So, and that's why the Sri Shopanishad says, as we are reading, that knowledge is more dangerous than avidya, mantra 9. And we see modern society, uh, people are so proud of their education. And, but actually that education is dangerous. That education has destroyed the planet. Yes, people are more educated today. There's no doubt about that. Uh, there's a lot of emphasis on education. But what is the result of that education? There's big, big universities, center of applied center, 
applied science. It is actually a center of avidya, applied avidya. <laughs> but real university, I was listening yesterday to a lecture by Prabhupada. He was saying real university was in the cottage. Vyasdev was sitting in a cottage in Badrik Ashram in the Himalayas. And he said, that is real university. Look what he, he produced. There's no comparison to what Vyastev produced. And real university was in the uh, Gurukul, right? In the Patshala, in the, in the school. Even we hear like Lord Chaitanya's pastimes, uh, what was that called? The, what was the school called? Yeah. Hmm. What were those schools called? I just forgot the name in general. Yeah, effectively Gurukul, right? Yeah, so, Patshala, right? Yeah. So, th- that, was the, that was the education and university. You don't need fancy universities, big, big university. What's the result of that? Look at the result. The world, there's, there's global warming. Um, there's so much pollution. The, there's you know, global warming going on. There's wars going on everywhere. And there's so much destruction, pollution. So what's the use of all that education? People are not happy. Uh, people can't stay together. People are fighting with each other. What's, what's the use of all that education? It's, it's, totally, it's a total waste of time. Better you be uneducated. Because with that lack of knowledge, you won't destroy the planet and yourself. Ignorance is bliss. Huh? So in, in Vedic culture, knowledge was not imparted to everyone. Knowledge, Shastric knowledge was imparted to the Brahmanas, Kshatriyas, and a little bit to the Vaishyas. Not to the Shudras. For a good reason. Just imagine, um, just imagine right now, all of Australia is being... Just imagine this is the Vedic times. And now there's a king who, is, who has to govern. He's a devotee king. Now if you teach everyone Shastra, number one, not everyone will study Shastra. It's not everyone's nature. I was listening to one uh, conversation by Prabhupada where um, his disciples, some were saying, you know, some of these boys, young boys, they're not studying. Should we punish them heavily? Prabhupada said, no, you can't, you can't beat them. Um, if, they don't, if they're not studying, if they don't want to study, that's okay. He said, not everyone has Brahminical tendency. He said, this is a Brahminical movement. If they're not studying, engage them in practical activities according to their nature. So a majority of people in society will be Shudras and Vaishyas. There's nothing wrong in that. You know? There'll be only a minority who will be philosophical, Gyanis, Brahminical, and Kshatriyas by nature. Only a minority. And, you know, a, a bit more Vaishyas, then the majority is Shudras. So, the Shudras have to serve. They have to be engaged in practical activities. So they serve the other three higher castes. And the other higher castes should not exploit them. They have to look after them and make look after the needs. It's not, it's not like a system of artificial dominance. When Varnashram is working properly, then 
the hands, the legs, the body is working together to attain self-realization. Then there is no artificial dominance. But when the goal is lost, then the brahmanas try to dominate. Like you go to the temples in India, the pandas, right? They say, oh, you know, they'll pull out their thread and say, I'm panda, give me money. But they know nothing. They can't guide you. So that is, that is artificial dominance. Um, so today we see that it's just a system of dominance. And in true Varnashram, the, the goal of Varnashram, as I was saying earlier, is to, is to understand Vishnu. That is the entire purpose of Varnashram. And then when that's done, that is, that is normal, and that is healthy. So here, um, this pastime will continue further. Yamraj speaking to the queens. It has just begun. Um, he also gives the example of the bird. Further on in this chapter, he gives the example of the bird who was... There was a, there was a couple. Apparently they were married, says the wife. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was this bird... And this, there was this hunter. Uh, this hunter used to uh, lay a trap, and then they would, the birds would come, and then he would cover them with a nest and capture them. So he had captured this one bird, and then the male bird came there. He was lamenting. And um, he was lamenting, like similarly like the queens, in the same way he was lamenting, now what's going to happen to me? Um, my wife is in there. She's, she's captured, she's about to die. Uh, what will happen to me? How will I function? What will, what will happen to the, what do you call the, the, the kids of a bird? What's the correct word? No, chicks, yeah. What's going to happen to them? The wings also haven't come out. Who's going to mother them? And in this way, he was lamenting, he was lamenting and lamenting. He didn't see that the hunter is just sitting there. Usually birds are very observant, if you notice. They're looking left, right, up, down. They're always um, look, looking out for signs of danger. So he wasn't looking, and then suddenly an, the hunter shot an arrow, and he was killed. So this is our situation. We are um, devoid of Krishna consciousness. We are lamenting. People are lamenting, but they don't understand that uh, the snake of time is just devouring them. Have you seen snakes, how they devour their prey? It's like they slowly, you know, it just goes inside the body, slowly, slowly, and then gone. <laughs> so in that way, uh, the time is devouring us. We are being, just put yourself, visualize yourself in the mouth of a snake. And you are slowly going inside the snake inch by inch, centimeter by centimeter. So by the passing of time, your body is aging, right? And that's like you're going inside the mouth of a snake. And then death comes, you're fully inside. <laughs> so this is a nice um, example given in the Shastras. You can visualize. But for a devotee who um, is engaged in hearing and chanting the glories of the Lord, then they are immune to that. 
with the rising and setting of the sun, um, then it is like the cat coming to pick up its kitten. And then the devotee is taken to its next life, in, in hopefully back to Godhead. So we'll end here, see if you have any questions or comments on what we have discussed so far. Yes, Prabhuji. How are you tickling? Thank you, Prabhu. Um, just going off, I think it was Hiranyakashipu's argument. Oh, no, no, sorry. Hitler's... Kamsa. No, Hitler's... Uh, when he read the Bhagavad Gita and he was saying, oh, it's the, not the me, it's yes. the modes of material nature yeah. that are doing it, that are carrying it out. So what would you say to that? Uh, what would we say to that? We would say, yeah, the modes of nature carry out the activities, but you as the soul have desired that. But because you have desired something, now you are responsible for your actions. Because you are the person who desired. So, and that desire, for that desire, you have to take accountability. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Hare Krishna Prabhu, thanks for the nice class. Um, you mentioned that um, it's really important that we should follow the Sastra yeah. and take it as a whole. Yeah. Um, but in this day and age, especially in the Western society, you, know, you mentioned as well that everyone's all sudras. So the degree of discriminating against what's the actual bona fide Sastra that we should all follow is less and, that, is less, and less. So unless you're within ESCON, we understand that that's the actual bona fide Sastra that we should follow. But how can we convince other people that this is the right sastra because there's so many competing pseudo sastras out there that makes it very difficult for us, you know, preaching. So, what's the best way that you can recommend? How how to convince them that this is the best way? Hmm. Not easy, <laughs> as you know, not easy. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, that's a good point. So, look at the outcome. And we'll go further on this point. Uh, thank you, Prabhu. So, we judge a tree by its fruit. Yes, you're following other shastras. You're following other scripture. Can you tell us what is the conclusion of that? They won't be able to. They'll say, oh, just do this, do that. Um, number one, and how have you as a person improved? What, on a practical level, show us how your character has improved. Um, so the, the, the sign of making advancement in Krishna consciousness is one gradually becomes, loses taste for material activities. So you don't need a degree or certification saying, you know, you're an advanced devotee. You just have to look at your symptoms. So, to the degree one is advanced, one will lose taste for material sense gratification and develop a taste for um, chanting Hare Krishna and rendering service. So, as one advances, one loses taste for, you know, watching movies or one gets over addictions, for example. A lot of people have addictions. Different, different types of addiction. Some are addicted to food, some to pornography, some to smoking, uh, eating meat, so on. So, so one, one will gradually overcome their addictions and uh, one's character will begin to improve. 
one one will become non-violent one will become humble as the in the thir- 13th chapter so many qualities of uh, transcendentalists are described one who is in a state of knowledge they will gradually begin to manifest in the body of a devotee so we can see by by their actions by their practical actions that they are uh, getting purified and also simultaneously one will um, develop a taste for chanting Hare Krishna and able to maintain that lifestyle. So generally people follow scripture but their lifestyle generally doesn't um, match the, the teachings, right? If the teachings are bona fide. Um, so that's, that's what we'd say. Yeah, so good points. Thank you. But still it's not easy. Because <laughs> people attach to their way of doing things, right? So there's that. So they just have to say that you're having fun, you're having fun, you know, in Krishna consciousness. It's not boring. <laughs> you're having a good time. You're eating prasadam. You're happy. There's kirtan. And you're becoming a better person. That's how I would sum it up. You're having fun and you're becoming a better version of yourself. Of yourself. And then, then they will be maybe inspired. Yeah. Anything else? Mataji? Yes. Burnt before sunset, mm-hmm. but That's so what the that the so, yes. so that the soul doesn't wander here and there. Yeah. But doesn't the soul already leave the body immediately after death, or does it leave after the body is burnt? Yeah. So the soul um, comes out of the body, is not is not residing in the body after death, but the soul is still in its subtle body. So you know, there's a subtle body mind, intelligence, false ego. So the soul is in its subtle body, but because it is attached to the gross body, no matter how old and you know, unattractive it is, we are still attached. Uh, so, but then the soul is, is hovering around the body, trying to get back into it. That's why it is burned quickly. So Because it's still around there. It's not, it's not moving on. And that's why Yamaraji came down as a boy, to get them to do the cremation so the soul can come to Yamaloka where he can be judged and put in his next body. So them not doing, the queen stopping the cremation due to the soul hanging around the body was stopping all of that. So generally it hangs around the body. That's why we cremate it quickly. But in Western tradition, they just sit on the body for... (laughs) For a long time, like when the queen passed away, how many days she wasn't buried? Around? Thirteen days, yeah. Yeah, because they were waiting for everyone to fly over from all over the world. Speak louder. They moved it around cities. They moved it around cities. But in Vaishnava tradition and as per Shastra, we understand... For a highly elevated person, there is samadhi, you know, bury the body, like Prabhupada. Uh, there's Pushpa samadhi, and then there's the other samadhi. But for most devotees, people, we burn it. So we burn it because so the soul can move on into its next life. Yeah, you have to fill many forms. Yes. 
Okay. It might take about five days, something like that. Oh, really? That. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because they don't understand. If you died at home, and then if the patient uh, hasn't been to the doctor for six months, right. the doctor can't give the certificate, so the coroner has to okay. go through, so they won't give the body... Make sure you see a doctor before you die in the last six months. In the six months before you die, make sure you see a doctor. If you want to, we burn quickly. And um, I forgot what was in, in the, the uh, Prabhupada says the lazy fool, uh, busy, fool busy fool, lazy, yes. intelligent, busy, intelligent. Yeah. The Facebook people, I see sometimes some people, they want to do good and they post anything and everything in the name of spirituality. And they say, all are good, all are God, all are God, something like that. They are the people come under uh, busy fools. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. So one has to say something supported by scripture. Thank you. Thank you. Hare Krishna. So we'll end here. Thank you for your kind attention. Grantra Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai.